And I just, I just don't get it. I think it's really obnoxious that their panties are always white. You're listening to XP Hunter. So I was having a conversation with a friend who is, he's very intelligent and smart and thoughtful, which can sometimes be a little frustrating, but we were having a conversation about anime and I was like, I, I mean, I love anime. I've been watching it almost nearly my entire life, like since I was 10 or so. And we're having a conversation about, you know, current anime. And I brought up the fact that I was like, I just don't get that in animes, especially animes that aren't categorized. Why, you know, like, Animes come in ca- um, categories, right? So you have Mecha, you have Yaoi, you have Ichi, you have Shoujo, all that stuff, right? Like they're categorized so that you know what you're reading be- or Slice of Life, you know? So it's categorized so that you know exactly what you're reading, right? So if you're a boy and you want to read about, or a boy or a girl, and you want to read about big robots smashing each other in, each other in the face, you want to read Mecha, right? Like that's the, that's the type. If you're, you know, if you want to read something about, high school kids at school trying to figure out how to navigate the social landscape and like get a boyfriend and do all this stuff like you want slice of life um but i i I brought up the fact that in a lot of anime regardless of its uh category you there's always like these upskirt shots and what that means is like you know i don't know the main character is a boy and he's reading his book and his best friend's a girl and she comes running and they're at school and she ends up tripping and then like for whatever reason her skirt goes up and then you see up her skirt and you see her panties and I just I just don't get it for the most part and then I was like on top of that I think it's really obnoxious that their panties are always white (laughs) and I'm like that's just so unrealistic and I asked him I was like how many pairs of white boxer briefs do you own and he was he was just silent and I was like exactly it's like because white first of all white as a clothing option is just oof. it's just I, I don't think anyone goes for white first unless it's for a specific reason because white gets dirty so easy no matter how hard you try it gets dirty and I was like can you imagine you know like most women don't wear white panties and then he comes with like the most logical answer ever and he's like white panties are easy to draw and I'm like oh can you not (laughs) can you not be so logical you're not doing me any favors here um but that's what we're here to talk about today guys are white panties just easy to draw um so welcome to another episode of xp hunter it's your friend and me lee here I think I'm more your enemy today because I'm sure a lot of people are gonna fight me about this um, because, you know, anime and manga are like its own subject. They, they have their own category because it's not uh, made in America. And so obviously everyone's like, well, there's just some intricacies you don't understand. And I'm like, we all understand perversion. I mean, you know, and I won't say perversion, right? When, I mean, I'm sure we all have imaginations, right? And so when you see someone who's attractive, especially for women, because women's undergarments are always meant to be sexy quote unquote um and the whole fact of the whole draw of them right is that they're they're hidden for the most part like you can't see them so it's like oh I wonder if they're black or they're white or they're this and I'm like most women aren't wearing white panties but my friend made the very good argument he's like white panties are just easy to draw so can you imagine like okay yeah like you're doing this um manga or anime that is it's a boy's anime and it's meant to you know be like ooh. 
my gosh, panties. Um, and you know, if you know anything about anime or manga, the whole trope, even in like Japanese culture, is that when you're sexually aroused for whatever reason, your nose bleeds. I don't know, but you're you're in one of those kind. You're drawing or animating uh something. It would be in that category and you have to you're going to have so many, you know, upscale shots or panty shots or whatever. And you have to do it all the time. So, of course, it's like it's really easy to draw a generic pair of white like panties. I was like, yes. But on top of that, if it's supposed to be uh, what would you say? If it's supposed to be like a fantasy or, you know, an indulgence. The thing is, like, why just draw white panties? That doesn't make any sense because like. If they're just always going to be white after a while, it's boring, right? <laughs> right? And he's like, well, I mean, I don't, he, he, he was just like, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm also like the whole trope that like, you know, especially because it's usually on school girls, right? That their pennies are white. It's like, oh, they're young and they're pure and they're cute. And I'm like, okay, but like, just think about it. The characters in, in the show are probably around their age, sometimes not, but it's like, but you're an adult looking at a, a fictional char- character yes but a, a, a fictional girl yes but a girl nonetheless who is younger than you and you just looked up her sky I don't know <sighs> sorry I want to attend it there guys <laughs> but like are white panties easy to draw or or is this just I I just don't even have words that that just frustrated me guys <laughs> okay but now we're going to talk about what we really are going to talk about we're going to talk about non-digital games and why they rock. So uh, I know I kind of started the episode talking about anime, but this episode is act- I just did went on that rant because I had that conversation with a friend and his, uh, his logic really just made me upset because I'm like, no, they do it because they're unenlightened Neanderthals. You're listening to XP Hunter. I'll be right back after this brief musical interlude with Pool by Woods.
Non-digital games. Um, non-digital games. So I'm a P- PlayStation gamer. I'm a console gamer. Uh, and almost all the games that I play for the most part have been on some kind of console, right? Like I've had a PlayStation since I was 12. And then I had a PSP and, uh, you know, onward and so forth. So forth. Um, and for me personally, playing uh, digital games is what I know. I mean, obviously, when I was a kid, you know, I played like Candyland and Guess Who and um, Monopoly is still a fan favorite at my house. But as time's gone, has gone by, obviously, just like a lot of things in our society, um, technology has really taken over large portions of our lives. Why? I don't know, but they have. Um, Mostly because, you know, technology makes it easier, but also because, I really can't tell you because it feels more interactive, right? But I can tell you um, from firsthand experience that I personally have been getting much, much more into um, non-digital games, so like board games. And ironically, I was online looking for um, things to do for our questing episode because we are going to be doing some really good questing episodes that you'll be able to find on the YouTube or on the website. Um, But... Uh, I found a Game Makers Guild and it's a meetup group and I'm actually going to be going there next month. It's going to be great. But these are people who have created tabletop games, card games and the like um, for people to play, which is really interesting, interesting, right? Because, you know, I talked about Candyland and Monopoly and, you know, other people play what uh, the game of life, shoots and ladders, stuff like that. And for the most part, like in, in terms of games like Monopoly, Monopoly has been around for like a hundred, is it? I think it might be like 80 years, but we'll, we'll round it up to 100, right? It's been around for a really long time. Like before, um, most of the people who are listening to this were born. Um, it were, you know, it's it's been around. So Monopoly has been around uh, for the most part longer than anyone who's listening to this has been alive. Like it's it's been around much longer than that. And so you don't really think about, I mean, it's in everyone's consciousness, consciousness that every year, you know, a handful, 10 or 12 video games are going to be published or produced or put out there. AAA, top of the line, are going to be out there for you to play. Like, that is a given. No one's questioning that. But I don't think anyone's stopping to think, oh, is there a new board game we can play? Or, oh, is there, you know, a new um, card game that we can play, right? Because we have our Unos and um, our Old Maids and stuff like that. We have games that we've been playing for forever. But people are coming up with new non-digital games all the time. And that really excites me, right? For the same reason it excites us that new um, digital games are coming out because that's just us new rules, a new rule set, new things for us to um, learn how to work. And so I told you guys uh, last season, I went to uh, kind of like a 
a hot and dirty like D&D pickup game where they like already had generated characters for you to play um, as and what I really like about tabletop games like um, D&D is like the character creation right so like creating a character is like having a kid mind, mind you guys I don't have any kids so this is very uh <laughs> I'm speaking from a very specific point of view, but it's like having a kid because the thing is, is like you don't get to choose your child's attributes, right? You you don't get to pick what genes they get, whether they're going to be tall or short or um, light skin, dark skin, what their hair is going to be like. You don't get to pick those things at this exact point. You know, let's cross our fingers that that never happens because we are a superficial species. But I digress. Um, but when you create a character in D&D, you don't want to just, oh, I'm just going to pick a high elf because they're good at magic and then they're going to have this. You know, they have, for all their um, good qualities, they have drawbacks, right? So, um, and that goes with any game. And I think that that's what people are forgetting. They're always like, oh, well, this this um, fighting system is so dynamic and it lets you do this, do that, do, do, do that. And the thing about with digital games is that with a digital game, the, the programming for the game is doing kind of all the thought for you. It's kind of like in, in Final Fantasy VII, which is my favorite game of all time. It was turn-based to an extent where like, oh, you had to wait a certain amount of time before you could attack again. But um, it really made you have to plan, right? So it, you had to plan, oh, do I have enough health potions? If I take this hit, will I lose one of my characters and then I won't be able to recover? You have to think three steps ahead. Um, what I think with a lot of games now, you don't have to. And that's why I like tabletop games because you really have to be thinking about what's happening on the board. It's like chess. And I think that um, when you're creating a character, you have to think about uh, or when you're playing a, a certain rule set for a game, a tabletop game specifically, you have to really be paying attention because there's not going to be a oh you can't just go into your menu and get a health potion right because you can only use the cards that are in your hand or you can only pick up from the deck this many times and if you don't pick a potion then you're screwed and that's it's it's blind chance which is something that doesn't really occur in um a lot of games online or games online a lot of console games or um games in general that you're going to be playing right because there's there are some games that are card games I lied. I actually just saw one called Slay the Spire that is a game. It's actually on the Switch and I think it's also on PC uh, where it is essentially a card game that you're playing digitally. XP Hunter. Being an XP Hunter isn't all killing death claws, getting high scores, and swilling way too much Red Bull. It's also about getting out there and exploring the real world around you. This season, we're going questing in a big, big way. Conventions, guild meetups, and cosplay DIY. I'll be there doing and experiencing everything. Next time, I hope to see you IRL. But I digress. But games like that are far and few between. And tabletop games just a game that I don't know there's I maybe I'm becoming anti-technologist guys no I'm not but I do think that we stare at screens so much in our society or in in our culture today that I think playing tabletop games is a really good alternative because it's like uh, I guess I, I mean this might be a little bit much but I would kind of liken it to going from using swords to using guns, right? I mean, when you use a gun, it it's you do have to have a certain level of skill, but not the same level of skill that you would need to 
use a sword, right? I mean, you can make the argument that a sword is just a really pointy piece of metal. And if you jab someone with it, you can hurt them, right? But the thing is like a sword can weigh up to 15 pounds, right? And your average person is not, um, doesn't do the kind of work to have the upper body strength to be able to lift and swing something like that. With a gun, the trigger is, uh, it. you need a certain amount of finger strength to pull the trigger. Sometimes it does take the same amount of skill to play a tabletop game, but I think with tabletop games, when you're playing against a person and you're face-to-face -face with them, there's something... Um, about like facing your enemy when you're playing them that adds a level of uh hardship to a game right because it's really easy when you're playing a video game to be like oh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna kill this boar it's gonna be great it's fine i i, I need to kill it to get more xp but in real life if you were like oh i have to kill this boar you would probably hesitate right if you're like a level one character because it's always so hard to do that um it's really easy to do it in a video game. It's really hard to do it in real life. It's kind of like I've <laughs> I used to play Uno all the time. And when I was in college one time, we used to play with like these crazy rules. We did was it stacks with colors and numbers and uh, draw twos. And we had this deluxe stack. And so there were like, I don't know, 15, 16 draw twos in the whole deck. And so we ended up one time, we went around so many times that someone had to pick up like 23 cards. And so the thing was, is that when I put down that draw two, I was like, it hurt me because like, this is my friend, right? But I also wanted to win. So I was like, oh, gotta put that down. And I'm looking like, oh, do you have a draw two? And they didn't. And I was like, oh, sorry, but not sorry. But I'll be right back after this musical interlude with Black Sheep by Metric.
Watching them like, oh, well, watching them sadly pick up those cards, just, you know, a little tear in the corner of their eye because they were never going to win this round. Um, that that added something for me, right? Like I could have just been like, mm, and put down, you know, I could have not put them down the draw two and just held on to it because I would have picked up all those draw twos. I would have picked up a bunch more draw twos, right? But I didn't. And I sacrificed them and sacrificing, sacrificing someone, you know, quote, quote, sacrificing them or, you know, hurting them while looking them in the eye is like, uh, it makes you think about the actions that you're taking. Right. Especially um, if you, you know, now you've hurt this person, they might come back and hurt you back. Right. But if you're playing online, you're just like, boop, sorry, you got to go. And the thing is, you're not looking at them. And so it doesn't um, it doesn't influence you in the same way way um you know what i mean so i think that that's that's literally the crux of it with non-digital games it really adds a another touch point for us and i know uh it kind of sounds like i'm rambling but i'm i'm just like having such a great time uh with my dnd character i decided to keep the my random draw one so i kept it um they're a rogue they are actually i think they're a wood elf uh they can use daggers and swords um they have high perception so they can see um very far away and in the dark so they have some really i got a really good draw for my character and so uh i've just been keeping up with that so i'll let you guys uh, you know <laughs> know how far i think i'm like a level i think i'm still really low i'm like a level five um attacker berserker um i'll let you guys know about that later in the future um but if you would like to let me know about your thoughts on digital games versus analog games or tabletop games if you like you can send me an email at xphunterly at gmail.com don't be afraid to let me know your thoughts i'm always willing to talk about it i give you a shout out all those great things um we are actually going to be having a really great guest next week i'm going to be um, interviewing a local comic book artist. It's going to be great, guys. So um, in between times, in the meantime, do it for the XP. See you. Bye.